How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into another episode of Suncast. Got a great episode with myself and Mr. Josh Blackmore today. Josh, how are we doing? Good. How about you, man? Awesome, man. We are doing wonderful recording on Wednesday. Episode coming out Thursday. Of course, Monday is the big one. Of course, what this episode is mostly going to be about again this week. It's got to be Kaiser football. The run they're they're going on, uh, and it. it has led to North Carolina, baby, Monday noon against the Northwestern Red Raiders. It will be a rematch, and we hear from the boss man himself today. Great interview at the end of today's episode with Coach Doug Sosha to send you all into the weekend. Uh, We also have some – other great news, and that is we need to talk about who has made All-American teams from the fall teams in both soccer, volleyball, and football. But, Josh, unfortunately, um, th- this literally came across uh, our social medias, I mean, right before we hit record. I mean, there's something when you hopped on the Zoom uh, we, we, we didn't really know about, but uh, St. Thomas has just posted this. Um, it is something I, I feel like we, we do need to address. Uh, they have canceled – uh, their men's and women's basketball games for tonight. Uh, so we are recording uh, early Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it, it does seem, unfortunately, and I was reading this as a direct quote from their social medias, uh, due to the untimely passing of a women's basketball player, uh, St. Thomas men's and women's basketball teams have canceled their games uh, tonight against Fort Lauderdale and New College of uh, Florida. Um we do not know any details. I've not been in contact with anybody at St. Thomas. But like I said, I mean, we, I mean, we, we got ready to record. I went on uh, social media to just check a couple things real quick and saw this. Um, we know no details. Um, I'm sure by the time we record again, some more will come out. We'll talk with Mandy some. Um, our obviously our, our thoughts and our prayers are with what's going on in Miami Gardens. Um, with, with the family of, of the athlete, um, horrible, hor- horrible thing to, to have happen. Again, we don't know uh, many details other than what St. Thomas has put out, but on our, our thoughts and our prayers are with the Bobcat family, Josh. Yeah, and we, you know, we hope that you know all of our all of our supporters, you know, keep keep that family yep. in, in their prayers and that program, and you know the, you know the family. You feel horrible for for that family and for that program, but just think about you know, as a lot of athletes that, you know, listen, listen to us, like just, just put yourself in their shoes, man. Like losing a teammate like that. Um, it's just, it's unexplainable. It's unimaginable until it happens to you. And, you know, just, you know, keep a special place in your heart open, you know, for, for all of them, all of those involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's tough, really not much else to say besides that, but, um, let's, let's move on. Uh, uh, further into the episode, Josh. Obviously, we're going to talk about the game Monday with Saint uh, Saint Thomas, but with Kaiser and Northwestern, massive game. But before that, uh, all Americans uh, have been announced, and boy, did the Sun Conference get represented well. We'll start with women's soccer uh, on the third team uh, NAI All American team. Sydney Chura, uh, Player of the Year in the Sun Conference, an incredible season uh, that she had. It's capped off with national. Honors her teammate, Berglund Bowder's daughter, one of the better uh, midfielders uh, in, in the country, gets her recognition. Uh, Berglund is second team All-American and a rounded out four, uh, four women's soccer. Uh, Georgia Little, Georgia Little, uh, very, very fun uh, wing back. Josh, if I had a dollar for every time uh, we, we've talked about her, how fun she was, uh, how fun she was uh, to watch with the Seahawks, a sophomore um, I mean, we, I don't, I don't think we'd have to continue on, on doing this too much more, but, but, uh, congratulations to, the, to those three for, uh, being third and two second team 
all Americans. Uh, for the men's soccer side uh, of things, on the third team All American, Ryan Holmes, uh, striker for the SCAD B's uh, Tackler of the Year in uh, in the conference. Um, and he, he got recognized along with, with Sidney Chur as well, third team All American for the B. So three B All Americans on the soccer time. So on the soccer side of things, congratulations uh, to the Bees. Uh, second team, All-Americans for men's soccer, Franco uh, Acerbi, uh, one of the best goalkeepers in the country, led that defense, uh, led St. Thomas to a semifinal uh, appearance. And uh, our first team All-American, our lone first team All-American for the footies, for soccer, it was uh, Guido Cachibou. Uh, Guido, I mean, he was player of the year, dude. I mean, I mean, Guido, uh, when you watch him, when you watch a St. Thomas men's soccer game he was controlling matches he controlled midfield he was brilliant on the ball off the ball all year and he gets first team all-american honors so congratulations to him for volleyball uh for uh the kaiser seahawks brooklyn slater uh third team all yeah 13 13 all-american for for her and for st thomas they had a trio of uh honorable mentions uh it was a freshman we got a freshman setter for the honorable mention not a bad way to start your college career miss peyton uh Bertke. uh obviously uh manny was very high on her all, all year we'll have him on uh talk a little bit more uh later on uh with with her and, and about st thomas volleyball and their season and everything but bianca grancy uh libero she got honorable mention along with um pretty much miss bobcat herself amanda allende so those three uh, great, great seasons. Congratulations. And um, again, Brooklyn, uh, third team, All-American. Uh, do want to check one thing before we go in to football. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was just, just making sure that that, that was, that was it, that, that, that was it. Um, You know, as far, as far as who I think, we, we could have seen else on there. Um, uh, I would have loved to have seen Hannah Heidi. I thought she was a setter that definitely deserved to be on, on the All-American teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought it was a really great showing for Sun Conference outside of that. But, Josh, I think where the Sun Conference really shined as far as All-American mentions was with football. And do you, do you have that list pulled up? I do, I do. Um, so, following your lead, starting with the third team All-American, um, David Hayes, wide receiver from from St. Thomas, and Brian Stimke from Ave Maria. You know, Stimke has been so fun to watch this year. He just lights up box scores every week. Um, so fun to watch, so deserving. Um, played played so well this year. Um, that's it for the third team. But second team, we got, a, you know, a couple more. Um, linebacker from Kaiser, Jalen Willis. Um, absolute beast, absolute beast. Florida native. Um only a sophomore, so Kaiser's got another good one coming back. Um, and to keep going, um, Scarly Jean, offensive line, Kaiser. That's been a big time thing. That's a big time part of uh, Kaiser's team. Hey, that offensive line, bully, no bully. Love wa watching him play, dude. Yeah, he. You know, that's a huge part of their game. Huge part of their program is that O line. No surprise there. Um, and also another no brainer, Rontavius Farmer, running back, St. Thomas Jr. So it looks like St. Thomas has got their bell cow back for one more year. Um, and to the first teamers, um, Nick Engler, we had was we had got to have him on on the on on an interview. I think it was last week or the week before that. Um, absolute beast in the trenches, 
senior. So what a way to go out, Nick. Um, great season. And uh, I think he still has that COVID year, maybe. So potentially, yeah. yeah. Do with eligibility, who knows? I mean, that's who knows. I think we're finally about out of that. I think after this year, it kind of goes back mm-hmm. to normal, but still. And to to end to finish things off, Wendell Falord, also a, a guy who's been on. Had a pleasure talking talking with him. The senior defensive back from Kaiser, another def- defense for Kaiser O line. You I mean you name that 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 whole that whole team. Got great players, as you can tell, representing um, the whole country um, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, Kaiser ha- has the most three of their guys represented on, on the All American list. That is tied with with St. Thomas and Sun Conference. Both teams um, have three guys. Is that correct? No. Yeah, yeah three, so three guys. And that means, Josh, there will be seven All Americans hitting the field Monday in Durham, North Carolina, as the Northwestern Red Raiders. They posted four. Uh, with Kaiser's three, it's going to be a great game, man. I mean, it, it, it's a rematch. Uh, I think a lot of people would say these have been two of the best teams in in the country. You look at Kaiser's first two uh, games against really good Division two opponents. Uh, my dad, uh, Mississippi College, great team, uh, Valdosta State, uh, really good run at the D2 playoffs uh, this year. But – all eyes are obviously going to be all outside of Kaiser. If you just look at what's not in baby blue and Navy, what we're going to be uh, uh, rooting for, cheering for Monday at noon. Jalen Graham said he's first team All-American quarterback for Northwestern. And before we started recording, you had a little bit of a comparison. I think you hit the nail on the head with it. Um, you know, just looking over – these stats, Jalen Gramstead, really reminded me of, of this this guy you guys probably know, Jaden Daniels. He won a pretty cool trophy this week, winner. right? Pretty yeah, cool trophy. trophy. He's gonna he's gonna cherish that one for sure. Um, but we we got a little little prototype in the NAI level of Jaden Daniels for the Northwestern Raiders. I just you know he, his stats deserve to be read. They're just unbelievable. Um, 70, 70 completion percentage, seventy percent through for. 3,400 yards and 33 passing touchdowns. But what really is impressive is just the the only the eight interceptions um, over what it looks like 14 games. As an NAI quarterback, putting up those numbers and you know creating all of that offense at this level, you you seem to see like some mistakes happen. But you know he he seems to be so elite to where he doesn't even he doesn't make too many of of those mistakes. Mm-hmm. And not only through the air with his legs. Um, 900 yards rushing on 165 carries um, and eight touchdowns. So we're talking about a guy who's who posted over 4,000 total yards and over 40 touchdowns, um, averaging over 300 yards a game by himself. Um, but another comparison that, you know, we talked about, um, we have a little Jado Daniels prototype, but Jaden Daniels has his right-hand man, Malik Neighbors, but Jalen Gramstead has his right-hand man, Michael Story, who posted almost 1,400 receiving yards and 16 touchdowns, averaging about 100 yards a game um, on 86 catches. That's impressive at this level. 86 catches and 1,400 yards with 16 touchdowns is extremely impressive. You brought in the LSU comparisons for the Red Red Raiders. One where they uh, contrast Northwestern actually plays defense and they and they do it they do it uh, very well, Josh. I uh, yeah, a very very. Very high level. What, what do you have on Northwestern's defense? Um, one thing that really s- stood out like a sore thumb was was Cody Moser with ten interceptions, five pass breakups. So it sounds like 
they want you to throw his way. So they're confident he's going to come down with it or knock it down. Um, so, I mean, we talked about it um, a little bit with with Coach um, from, from Kaiser. Coach, I'm losing his name. Pardon me. Coach Sosha. Um, Coach Sosha. 19 interceptions on the year for the for the Raiders. Um, and then another thing, 31 sacks. 31 sacks. So, you know, Kaiser's got their hands full. I mean, they get after the passer and they can cover. You know, they can they can play in coverage. So, you know, they can kind of do a little bit of both. Um, a couple of guys I wanted to highlight um, on that defense before we talk about our Seahawks um, was Tristan Boss, six, six sacks with 11 and a half tackles for loss. So um, he's a frequent flyer in that backfield, it seems like to me. Um, and another big time player on the defensive line, Jacob Dragstra, four and a half sacks with an 11 and a half tackles for loss. So they got two guys who who enjoy being in that backfield. Um, so Scarly Jean is going to have a have his hands full on the on our offensive line, along with uh, the rest of his brothers. Um, big test. Big test. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I mean, you, you see what they do. They get after the quarterback well, but they're able to stop the run um, incredibly, incredibly well. I mean, 85 tackle for losses. I mean, that, <laughs> that that's pretty impressive. Um, they only give up 14 points a game and 200 yards of offense. Yeah. I mean, and that's incorrect. They give up two hundred under three hundred yards a game. That's that's while putting while putting up four thirty. Yeah, right. look, there, there, there's when when you look at them, there's really not a lot to say other than other than wow. You know, I mean that they've dominated throughout the year. They're only close wins were over a Division One uh, Drake and. Uh, that that was back in September, and then in the opening round of the playoffs, in a weird game, a weather game, from from what what we we were told, and I mean just just an overall weird weird game, um, with with, uh, with Dort. So, you know, man, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be a battle, dude. It's it's gonna gonna be a freaking battle. Um, for, for me, where it, it all it all come, comes to fruition, I think what. Kaiser did very well was they never let Andy Peters last week. When you look at last week against College of Idaho, Kaiser never let Andy Peters get in a rhythm. Sure, he made plays, and guess what? Northwestern, they're going to make plays on offense. You're going up against the best quarterback in in, in the country. I mean, I, he's a first-team All-American for a reason. However, um, if, they're, if they're able to just get to Jalen, just how they got to Andy last week for the Yotes, they're able to get to him – they don't have to sack them every time. Now, however, if they, they come out with seven or eight sacks, I got a feeling Kaiser's got a good chance of bringing home the Sun Conference first football red banner. But if they're able to disrupt him, don't let him get into that rhythm. Disrupt drives. And like we said last week, look, football's pretty simple. If you're able to get them in second and nine, then get them in a third and eight, third and 10, third and 12, make them one-dimensional. It's, uh, yeah, that's been that's been the story for Kaiser all year. They've been able to do that. They've been able to eliminate opponents, you know, their what strong they what they do best. Mm -hmm. So like we talked about with Northwestern, how they like to get in the backfield and they do it at a high level. So does Kaiser. And yep. yeah, Kaiser may not intercept the ball just as much as Northwestern, but you know, they have 14 interceptions on the year. I mean, they have a they have an all-American linebacker and an all-American defensive back themselves. So it's not like you know, we're talking about Northwestern's, you know, world beater offense, but I mean, Kaiser's no slouch on defense. Wow. So, like, I think if you look at both matchups, Kaiser offense versus their defense, vice versa, I mean, you you got top notch elite 
players on both sides of the ball, and it's it's going to be it's, it's going to be so exciting. It's, so it's, exciting. It is, um, and again, we don't want to go into a whole lot. We talk a good bit with Coach Coach Socha about some of the keys to the game and, and everything. But for me, Josh, where where it lays is you look at Bryce Beasley. Bryce doesn't need to go and beat Jalen. He doesn't need to be the first team American. He, I was just about to say that. I'm glad as you said long that. as he. He's going to have to make plays. Don't get me wrong. He can't just go back there and be – You don't got to match him. He doesn't have to be full-on. I mean, he, he can't be just like a 2012 Joe Flacco, Trent Dilfer, just sit back game match. He's going to have to make plays. There's no doubt about that. But as long as there's no huge mistakes and Kaiser is able to run the football, I cannot stress how important it is for Kaiser – to dominate time, not necessarily dominate, but if they're able to control time and possession, if they're able to hold on the ball for 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, maybe even minutes of this game, I think that's massive. You got to keep this Northwestern offense off the field, establish drives. We talk a little bit more, Coach Social, don't want to go too much about it, but I tell you, man, the script that I see is you're going to have to win, win it in the trenches with Kaiser's offensive line against Northwestern's defensive line. I don't know if Kaiser's necessarily a team, and no, no, nothing against them, but if they get down late, I think that's where you can really run into some trouble. Now, we did see them fall down 21-7 to St. Thomas, and it was no problem. However, a little bit different. That was in West Palm, team you know. Um, early in the game, they were able to come back, and by midway through the third quarter, they had the game pretty much wrapped up. They were putting a bow on it, re ready to celebrate Christmas, and um, and their route in North Carolina. I'm telling you though, there's just something. You ever get that uh, that vibe about a team? I have that vibe about them, dude. And it may just be because I've been around them the last couple of weeks, and I see how professional Kaiser football is, and I see, oh, this is how a championship team runs. But I mean, I. I've been a part part of two championship teams. They got it, dude. They got it. Obviously, Northwestern ha has it, though. It's going to be fun, man. I mean, it, it, like, like we said, it's going, it's going to be a ton, 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 ton of fun. Um, you know, I, I think injury-wise, I think both teams have been pretty blessed by not getting bit by the injury bug too bad. But, hey, it's that – That was leading to, to, to my next point. Um, It's going to be very – you know, I'm I'm happy for Kaiser that they get to they get a little do over from last year. They got a full team, no injuries, ready to go, fully staffed, you know, prepared. Like last year, I'm I'm not saying they weren't prepared, they weren't ready to go, because that, that's just so far from the truth. But you know, they're they're without their their guy. They were out they were without their guy under center, but this year that's not the case. They, yeah, they you know, they I'm all their guys where they want them. Yeah, I mean, last year w was definitely weird. Um, uh, Burgess get gets hurt. Jaden steps up in a huge way of the uh, winning four offensive uh, player of the games. He's picked it right up this year. And then Andrew Burnett, you, you added him in to the mix of running on the running back position. The quarterback position last year, it, it was a little weird. I mean, yes, uh, Shea got in and then he started um, after uh, Bryce came in for him. Um, a little rhythm mix up, but there's no doubt Bryce has got the rhythm. And I'll tell you, I'll say another thing. I think what happened against College of Idaho is exactly what they needed. I would be a lot more worried about Kaiser if they would have gone in. I know this sounds weird, but I'd be more worried about them if they would have gone in last week and they would have done another 56-20 to 20 win against College of Idaho. No, they had to stop them 
multiple times in the red zone. We've already talked about that, the goal line stands and, and, and everything. They had to stop the Yotes with their backs against the wall multiple times on the one-yard line, two-yard line. And then, obviously, to, to keep the game from going into overtime, it's massive, dude. It was massive what, what they did winning that way. I think it's prepared them well and – Honestly, I think they're fresher. I think they're a lot fresher than what they were last year. Um, you know, say say what you want about how fun the the traveling and everything was. <laughs> traveling kind of sucks after a football game. Going to it and all that is fun. I'm sure the plane rides back were great, awesome, all that. You got to sit on that bus that long, or sit on that uh, sit on the plane that long week after week, and instead of walking twenty yards, put taking off your pads, and then go going seeing a great. Um, uh, athletic trainer go seeing some great athletic trainers that they have down there in West Palm Beach that's what they've been able to do I think that's really benefited them for this stretch um you know Wendell did have a little bit of, of an ankle it looked like he had a little ankle tweak during uh the game uh against College of Idaho but he got back out he played fantastic the rest of the way so it doesn't like injuries are going to plug them uh too much heading into this game um I'll tell you I'm ready to roll and I'm ready to give, give my score prediction, Josh. By the way, you owe me a lunch because I was a, I was a little bit closer on on that College of Idaho. We might have to go. You want to do a little double or nothing for the championship game? Yeah, the double or nothing includes you get double protein. Mm, double protein from Chipotle. Let's go, so, baby. So this, so either you get a double protein Chipotle bowl or JB gets nothing. Nothing. Whole lot of nothing. Josh. All right. You first. If I get this right, I'm a legend. You, we talk yeah. a little bit about it with Coach, but wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be something, Josh, if a team that brought the first red banner to Coach Socha's office to for the football Sun Conference came off the foot of a guy that Coach Socha may or may not have known before the season started? Oh, that would be absolutely the cherry on top. Mr. Nico. Is Nico going to win it for the Seahawks? I think Nico will hit a field goal as time expires. And the Seahawks win 34 to 31 in Durham, North Carolina. I like where your head's at with that. So I'm going to have to be a little more creative. But that's a, that's a, that's creative yet so possible. So possible. So possible. But I, I think I'm going to be more – I think – I don't know if it's going to be at the buzzer, but I do think a field goal is going to be the separator here. I definitely think it's going to be a three-point game. Yeah. Um, it's tough because it, it really could go two ways. It could be an absolute boat race all game back and forth, or it could be an absolute trench game when both defenses are there. But yeah. I'm, I'm, think, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking more along the lines of a boat race here full speed all game. I'm thinking more along the lines of 45-42. Somebody I, said it over. 45-42. Wendell Fillor with the pass breakup and then Bryce Beasley with the kneel down. For oh, the oh, oh. Brother, if that happens, I may not come back from North Carolina. I may just die right there on the sideline. If I get this correct. If I hit it spot on, every detail, you owe me yeah. three bowls. Three bowls, three burrito and if, bowls. And if, you, and, if you, and if you hit it nail on the head, you get a double protein bowl and a regular bowl. Deal. I love it. 
handshake, virtual handshake. Um, you can't see, but we just shook on it. Yeah. Um, sheesh, man. God, I, I can't wait. I'm, I can't wait to get up there. I'm leaving uh, Tampa today, heading up to Georgia. Or not today. I'm leaving Tampa. Well, I guess today with this episode coming out on Thursday. Heading back up to Georgia. See the folks, see some friends, and then uh, freaking Saturday or Sunday or something like that, I'm going to be making my way. What is North Carolina? I don't even know what North Carolina is. that the Palmetto? No, that's South, South Carolina's the Palmetto State. What's North Carolina? The Andy Griffith State? Chapel Hill? Tar Hill. Tar Hill. Tar Hill State. Something like that. I don't know. You know what we didn't do this year that we did last year? We didn't talk hardly any college football, and I think that's a little weird considering – your, your bulldogs aren't in the mix. So All right, I think we're gonna send this over to uh, <laughs> an interview. <laughs> ah, I mean, I got him. ah, I got you know, tough dude. Um, yeah, you spared me last week, not so much this week. <sighs> you know, dude, I don't. It sucked. It is what it is. My team has been irrelevant from the beginning of this pre this podcast. My team's <laughs> never been relevant. My team's never been good. But Reagan's team has, and I'm so happy that we get to pick a new team to root for in the college football playoff, and we get to sit there and watch it with no team involved. So 11 and one, 12 and 12 and one, and nice five and seven get to sit on the couch together, <laughs> watch the playoffs. Isn't that something? And my Noel fans out there, yeah, you might have got us, but guess what? 13 and 0, you're on the couch, all three of us. Five and seven, 12 and one, 13 and 0 on the couch, watching and picking a new team to root oh, for. Oh, bro. Doesn't I that just... suck? Doesn't that <laughs> suck? That's horrible. But you know Ladies what? Ladies and gentlemen, this is two years of pent up aggression being let out from Josh. How about this? Um, some some crazy stats. Um, Georgia's loss to Alabama was Georgia's first loss since starting Suncast. Um George, the last time Georgia lost a game, they won 29 games in a row. I think that's important to to put in. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen Georgia's scheduled for next year? No, but have you seen Florida's? They're both ridiculous. Let's not get into it. This is a great – this is something great to get it, get into a little bit later. We both kind of – we were all for getting Texas in Oklahoma, and then we realized we got to go play Texas in Oklahoma and Alabama. Welcome. Welcome. Let's go ahead. I guess we can go ahead and reveal that before we carry over the interview. That's who we're rooting for. We are going for the Texas. I, I'm going. Whoever wins the Texas Washington game, that's who I'm rooting for in the national championship. But I just hope Texas wins. Um, okay. I hope Texas uh, wins it all. Be great. Texas back. Whatever. Yay. I don't. Care. I'm not. I'm not mad. I don't care. I'm not mad. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad, Josh. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad about Georgia. I'm not. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it is what it is, dude. Um, I mean, what a year, though, man. This is the the last preview, the last yeah, last we get to talk about a college football game in the NAI for the 2023-2024 season. It's been fun, man. It's been fun. Oh, brother. Oh, I just got a notification that made my Atlanta Braves hat fall right on the freaking floor. The reports of the LA Dodgers are pushing hard, and Shohei Otani is pushing hard for Mr. Yamamoto. For those who don't know who Yamamoto is, he's that guy that was throwing a hundred two mile an hour. What was he throwing? Splitter, a hundred two mile an hour splitter. 
or Cutter. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Probably both. Good luck, Ronald. Good luck, uh, Matt. Good luck, uh, Austin. Whatever, dude. I don't. They're going to lose to the 85 win Phillies in the NLDS, anyways. So it's not going to matter. Whatever. Go Braves. Um, go Gators. Go Bucks. You guys. We're, have a good we're all we're all over the place. But yeah. Um. Anyways, I appreciate y'all uh, tuning in. Uh, got a little spastic there for a little bit, but we'll kick it over now to our interview with the head coach of the Kaiser Seahawks football team, Coach Doug Sosha. Okay, we welcome on a very special coach. It is the head coach for the Kaiser Seahawks football team, Coach Doug Sosha. Coach Sosha, how you doing, baby? I'm great, man. Great to hear your voice and uh, looking forward to uh, talking to you here for a little bit and looking forward to this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is a, a massive week, obviously. Uh, Monday, y'all play Northwestern, a rematch of last year's uh, national championship game. Uh, you know, go, going into the week, getting back to national championship uh, is, was obviously the goal throughout the season. But this this week, what's been the message, you know, trying to keep the, the guys calm and keep everything, you know, business as usual. But we all know it's it is a little bit different. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it yesterday in a team meeting and you know, the focus is on our preparation. You know, obviously these guys have a lot going on this week with with finals and some different things. And, you know, uh, our coaching staff and our support staff are making all the arrangements. We're going to have a checklist for these guys to make it easy so they know how we're going to travel and what they need. Uh, but our focus is on trying to play our best football next Monday. And, and what that's going to take is really good practices, a lot of good film study, you know, and, and some sacrifice some good rest. So we're ready to go. So the focus is on winning the national championship. Yeah. Absolutely, Coach. I, I got to say, la last week's game against College of Idaho was one of the most fu fun football games that I, I've uh, was that been a part of. I'm I'm sure my heart rate was maybe a, a little bit lower than uh, some of the people in uh, Navy Blue, but uh, I think it was a really good opportunity for y'all last week to go up against uh, an offense, a quarterback that's pretty similar uh, to what you'll see this week. Uh, Andy Peters was a great dual threat uh, quarterback with the Yotes, and Jalen uh, Gramstead has been phenomenal with Northwestern from what you've seen on film and uh, with Jalen what is it about him that makes him so dynamic and one of the best quarterbacks in the NAI and I mean how, how do you slow down a guy like that I mean he's a he's a gritty guy I mean he's a tough he's obviously a, a really good athlete uh, with some God-given ability he can throw the football uh, he's dynamic with the football um, I think he's a strong runner um, and, and certainly he's they use him the right way and he's a student of the game and, and he's been a special weapon for those guys. So, you know, I, I don't think you can completely stop a guy like that, but I think we got to try to do our best to contain him and and, and try to make him do some things that, uh, you know, less with his feet. Absolutely. Yeah. So, staying on the topic with quarterbacks, um, Bryce Beasley has stepped up and performed all year for you guys. Um, can you talk about his development throughout his years at Kaiser? Yeah, he's been a, a great uh, teammate, first of all. You know, he was a backup last year, had to step in and, and, and help us win some games last year. But certainly, you know, he's a guy that's uh, well journeyed along his college career. And this is his opportunity to be the leader of the team and be the quarterback. And he's done a good job. I think he he really prepares the right way. He works really hard with our quarterback coach, Coach Knockin. Um, you know, so he certainly is. He does a lot of those right things. I think he's a, a leader on our football team in our locker room. And, you know, he really works really hard to prepare to be the best on Saturday. He said he's, he did a good bit of work with the QB uh, coach, Coach Knockin. Something that that's re really cool about uh, Kaiser and, and, and y'all's staff is y'all been able to really keep that staff together since you've got since you've 
uh, gotten there. You've been able to keep a lot, a lot of the same coaches, or uh, they came in year two, and uh, even in some cases where they they were there, and, and then they uh, come back this year. Did you talk about uh, some of those coaches and how important they've been in and building your vision for uh, the Seahawks football program? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been huge. You know, I think anytime you can have uh, staff continuity and, and and be able to retain some of these guys, and and, and we've lost some guys to uh, some opportunities. I'm certain that there's some guys that are on this staff right now that are going to get some opportunities and we're going to have to make, you know, some adjustments, but, you know, so fortunate uh, to have so many of these guys around here. You know, when you think about when we started this program, Miles Russ was my first hire, you know, he's still here. So, uh, I mean, he's a big piece uh, to what we do on a day-to-day basis, you know, uh, not only with the X's and O's, he's an awesome running backs coach. He's a great mentor uh, to our, to our team. Uh, but a lot of behind the scenes, he's the assistant head coach and he handles a lot of things that I can't handle and he's really good at it. And uh, the list is too long, uh, but uh, super valuable to have him on our staff, um, you know, continuing on offense, you know, having Jelani Lord here, you know, came here and uh, started as a wide receivers coach. And then we lost a coach to the NFL and had a chance to elevate Jelani to his natural position, being an offensive line coach and having him be here and grow with us and, um, you know, mentor our offensive line and, and, and get after those guys. And he's a, he's a great um, guy, but I think when I wanted to build this staff, I knew I needed some local guys. Um, you know, trust is a big piece of what we do around here. So guys that I knew were guys that I could trust. Miles Russ was on my list from day one. Um, when I was with the Buffalo bills, had a guy that, you know, had recommended him and he was already on my list. So I knew I was onto something good. You know, Jelani, uh, was always a guy that I knew was a local high school guy, but I knew I needed some local guys. Uh, those guys are big. The next guy I would say is Justin Hilliker, who's our special teams coordinator, defensive line coach, you know, came here. One of my uh, favorite high school coaches that I knew uh, through the time of being a high school coach down here. Um, came here as a tight ends guy, uh, does a great job with our special teams. You know, we, we, I wanted to make some adjustments. I knew he could bring a lot of value to our defense and, and he's an unselfish guy. He's a football coach. He's a football guy. Uh, so, you know, he, he was a natural to be flexible enough to go coach on defense, um, you know, and then staying with the offense, we were able to bring back Chris Ortiz this year. Um, you know, he was a guy that was on our first staff, you know, just kind of knows how we do things, um, you know, and then obviously, uh, you know, on defense, you look at Mickey O'Rourke, who's been with me and he was at, with me at Oxbridge Academy. Uh, he's been with us here. He's super valuable guy. Uh, coaching our defensive backs, our academic coordinator. He does a great job in recruiting, uh, but another local guy that I felt uh, could bring a lot of value, um, you know, and, and there's certainly some other guys that that I may or may not um, be able to talk about. Um, but, you know, Robbie Owens, having the opportunity to bring Robbie Owens here um, to our staff, uh, you know, he's my best friend from college and we'd always talked about coaching together and, and a lot of our, philosophies and, and, and alignments in, in coaching and are aligned and because we're a lot, you know, like each other. And we finally had that opportunity, you know, and I didn't think I was going to be able to get him and, and welcomed him and his son. His son is a really big factor on our staff. Um, another guy, uh, Nick Fagnone, is our linebackers coach. The first guy that ever gave me an opportunity to division one football is Joe Reich at Wingate up in North Carolina. I said, Hey, we're looking for, this type of guy and we were able to hire him. So it's just trust and reliability, but continuity with our staff is huge. And, and I apologize if I missed anyone on our staff and I'm certain I did, but uh, it's been huge, you know, and, and I think a big piece of that is 
this is a good place to work. This is a great place to live. You know, Kaiser um, is a, has given us this opportunity to, you know, something that this community needed was, uh, you know, like Weber and, and, and Warner and, and Southeastern and St. Thomas, this state needs these football programs for our young people to be able to stay in state and get their education and graduate. That that's the whole goal behind this thing. So uh, it's a great place to work. I'm, I'm super uh, grateful for my staff. Um, hopefully I didn't leave anybody out. Uh, but if I did, uh, I'll apologize uh, when I rewatched the episode. Well, Coach, you, you talked about there about about a lot of pride in the state of Florida and in West Palm Beach. You know, last year's playoff run with going the road, it was historic. It was it was great and everything. But having the three playoff games this year, especially this last one, uh, one environment. And of course, I, I got to think about the St. Thomas game where I was like, I don't know what was more entertaining at time, the stands or, or what was going on uh, on the field. But having that environment this year in West Palm Beach and getting the community out to see, see Seahawks football and the, uh, in the, in the semifinals quarter and the quarterfinals. I mean, how huge, huge was having that opportunity this year? Yeah. I mean, I've said that, time and time again, you know, the, the opportunity for us to be home and be able to do this, this is a, a special, unique run. You know, last year was a unique run going on the road and putting all those miles on the airplane. And, you know, we bust two days to Tennessee and played in some cold weather, uh, but playing at home in front of your people and, and, and having your families there and, and, and our community and our administration and our, and our students, it's really been a, a special, special deal. And then, you know, and I said it, you know, even after last week's game, when I look around, I see some high school coaches I've never seen at our games. And, and, and I think, you know, that's pretty special, you know, when I look around and that's what I expected when we built this thing is that we'd have local guys playing for us. There'd be local interest, um, you know, and, and I think last week after the game, I compared it to, you know, kind of like the last team standing in the playoffs where everyone comes out and just supports them in Palm Beach County, like, you know, in the high school football, but uh you know, certainly at this college level, it's been special. And uh, but no, there's nothing like playing at home and having your community support you. Absolutely. Um, couple things um that I had I had wrote down for you that we haven't really talked about yet. Um, so now this is my second year doing football, and you guys have been, I guess you would say, a national contender. Um, yeah, yeah, which is something we have. Isn't um something we've seen with with a, a team in this conference in Southeastern a few years back. So talk to me about like what it's what it's been like to be this national contender now in this conference and in this country. I mean, I think it's uh it takes a lot of hard work, um, but it takes the right people, and, and we've built this thing on on people, and and really with our coaching staff, and then going out and recruiting the right profile of student athletes, and and and, and at the Top of that thing is character. Uh, certainly, you got to recruit guys with talent. Um, but I think really our people and our process have given us an opportunity to be competitive and, and be a contender. And, and I and I give a lot of credit to our coaching staff and the players that we've recruited. And then certainly you got to work at a place that's in great alignment, you know, from the top to the bottom. And 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 Kaiser's one of those places. Yeah, and and like Josh said, it's it's been a a, a process the last couple of years that y'all have re really reached that point and made, made the semifinals in, in twenty twenty quarterfinals uh, a couple of years uh, before that. But from what I've heard from from uh, 
from players and from other people around the conference, they wouldn't describe this year's Kaiser team as one of the more talented teams, especially look look at uh, last year's with Burgess, guys like John Arnold. But yet here y'all are again, y'all are right back at the national title. How would you describe this year's team, Coach? I think the first thing I would say is they're a team. Mm. And there's a uh, tremendous brotherhood in the locker room. I think there's high character. I think we got great leadership. Um, and guys have had to step up. We said last January that, you know, where's Jalen Arnold? Where's Marquise Burgess? Where's Lucad? Where's Cam Allen? Where are all these guys that were our leaders that have been here for really 25% of their lives? They're here for six years of their life. And then we said, all right, who's going to step up? Who's going to embrace these roles? And who's, you know, we had to challenge some guys, but, you know, I think this is a great team. I think this is a special group of guys. I think there's a great brotherhood. And, you know, I think, when it comes down to it, you got to have the right people in the building and you got to get the wrong ones out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about building a culture, baby. I mean, if you, when, when you get the right guys and just I mean, being around there the last couple of weeks, I mean, it's like, yeah, the, these guys get it. They know what it takes to win. And you know, the, the first two games that it, it was like, all right, they're going, uh, especially the Bethel game. It was just more of, I right, will handle business, but it's all in the St. Thomas game, man. Y'all, your team is able to ability to just ride that wave, get down 21, seven, yeah. no problem. Then college of Idaho. I mean, you talked about it uh, as one of your first points in the post game conference, but I believe it was three for, they were three for seven in, inside uh, the red zone, three massive goal line stops. I mean, I think, I think that absolutely uh, uh, speaks to y'all's team. Absolutely. So I wanted to stay out, stay back with the topic of, of this week's game. Um, so both teams have the ability to take the air out of the ball and run it down your throat, kind of that smash mouth um, mentality. Um, how important is it uh, sustaining long drives and getting their offense off the field quickly this week? I think it's going to be huge, you know, and I think, you know, anytime you can put together a drive, you better come out with some points. And obviously we we like our kicking game. We like our kicker. But I think uh, to win this football game, we're going to have to score touchdowns in the red zone and and, and protect our defense. And then our defense is going to have to, uh, you know, play, you know, the really consistent and discipline and, and eye discipline. And, and at times I know there's going to have to be a bend, don't break mentality and just play the next play. And our team has really, you know, done a good job with that. So um, certainly those two points are going to be huge. Coach, you mentioned, you mentioned your kick, kicking game and you've had a great kicker, a freshman kicker in, in Nico this year, a little bit of an interesting uh, journey for, for him with him being on the soccer team. You tell us a uh, little bit. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm a punter. We, we got to talk about the specialist a little bit. You talked to us a, a little about Nico and how he ended up being uh, one of the best kickers, at, not only the conference. I mean, he's been great. I mean, he made two big time field goals against college of Idaho last week. Yeah, he's been huge, you know, and 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 our kicking game over the last several years has really been a weapon. Yeah. And, and and you know, we've we've been fortunate to have some kickers and you know, we had one kicker this year that was really slated to be our kicker and and we find out at the last minute that he came from a from a school that played him uh without being certified through NAIA and he was ineligible, so they they suspended that him for three games and um and and then they punished the other school that was involved. And, but we had to deal with that. And, and, and we were obviously upset about that. So we're sitting here and we've got a long snapper. We've got Matt DeSista who can punt, he can kick, uh, but his strength certainly in the punting game. And, you know, so we went to the boys soccer team about boys soccer team. And, and, and we're fortunate to have some really good soccer players. And some of those guys have a history. And one of their guys was on their Devo soccer team 
who uh, was a high school kicker and, and happened to be Nico. And, you know, so we literally worked Nico out. I think it might've been like right after training camp um, we had to, you know, get some of the, uh, the dust off of them, but uh, we worked them out in the morning. We went through NAIA compliance and certification by the afternoon. And then we introduced them to our team. And then we traveled, I think to Lindsey Wilson or Valdosta. So Nico, you know, I didn't know Nico before September 1st. I can tell you that. And and, and we are so grateful to have him on our team. And, 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 and we got a great university and, and, and certainly fortunate that he's been here and, you want to talk about a guy that's gotten better, you know, just watching him every week, just develop. He certainly has talent. He's a soccer player. He's got kicking ability, but you know, the timing, the snap, the the hold, and then the kick and kickoffs. Uh, he's been really good for us and, and super happy to have him around. He was player of the week this week and uh, can't say enough about Nico. No, he's been, he's been incredible uh, for y'all. But, Coach, looking back a little bit before your time, you mentioned uh, Oxbridge Academy earlier. But that uh, at Oxbridge, you helped build that program when you got there, similar to how you've done at Kaiser. What did you learn from that experience that's helped you in your time in West Palm Beach? Yeah, I think anytime you know, any job you have, you're going to learn and take some things. And, and certainly building a football program and starting it from scratch, um, you know, I, I could reflect on a lot of different things from that experience, but having it, you know, I would say there's some priceless uh, moments that I learned from uh, with that and, you know, and, and understanding really the importance of alignment, you know, from your leadership, from your president, or maybe even the owner of the school to your administration, to your athletic director, and everything's got to be in aligned for you to have success and build a program. And uh, I learned a lot from my time there uh, really about that and having, uh, you know, people around you that are going to support you. And then, you know, coming here, it was a no brainer, you know, learning through the hiring process, which, you know, was several years ago, but, you know, meeting people on that committee, you know, president Bonk and, and, and uh, Greg Wallach, who's on our board, um, you know, our athletic director, Chris Swagger meeting uh, Dr. Kaiser, um, and then just seeing how this place was built and just seeing everything was aligned uh, was really important, but certainly could reflect on a lot of things from my Oxbridge time uh, in building this thing. Um, so we've, we've talked a lot about your journey, you know, as a coach. And um, one thing I wanted to ask was, have you, have you given any thought and what it would be like to, to bring that red banner back to West Palm Beach, you know, after all the years of, you know, building that, community built program with community built players just tell me how special that would be to have a red banner in, in West Palm Beach yeah I mean obviously uh I think it would be special you know obviously we, we've done some other things here that we're proud of and, and getting guys uh developed and, and graduated and getting jobs and hopefully starting lives and being good husbands and fathers uh, but that would be really special It'd be really special for our community it'd be really special for uh you know our administration but I think it'd be most special for our team and our players and, and, and they could sit back and say, you know, we said we were going to do this. It was going to take this. We got knocked down. We got back up. And then the red banner would mean we finished. Coach, you, you mentioned there that that, that storyline, you you got to, to the top last year after the, the incredible run and y'all build it back up to where you have 60 more minutes of football. Something my defensive coordinator at Lee County 
used to say was football's ultimate team game. There's nothing else like it. And, you know, in, in baseball, you could have a pitcher who just goes out there and dominates, you win a game, one nothing. And certainly you can win a game a lot of different ways with football, but it, you have to have a team as, aspect about it that I think is unique to pretty much every other sport. And that for me has been a reason that, that I've loved football. I think the brotherhood that, that I've had, that I've built through that, through uh, playing it for the last 10 years of my life has been incredibly special to me. And of course, all, all sports are going to be special to the athletes that play them. But coach, I want to finish off. I know this may be kind of a, kind of a, a corny question, but, but I, just to you in, in this moment with, with their, I'm sure is so, so much stress and, and to getting this position and to be, be here in this week, coach, why do you lo- love the sport of football? Mm. It's a great question, um, but it, it's pretty easy. I think, uh, you know, I think it, it obviously is uh, what I would call the ultimate team sport, you know, where you're relying on the guy next to you to get his job done while you get your job done. And then the guy next to him. And, and, and I think there are so many lessons that are learned through football that are very unique. And I'm certain other sports can say the same thing, but I, I like to think football is unique. I think it's tough. Um, I think it's hard. I think, you know, at our level, it's still at a pure form of, you know, we, we're holding kids accountable. Um, there's consequences to their actions. Um, there, there's evidence uh, when you do the little things right um, on film, good things are going to happen. And I think all these things, the adversity, uh, the, the ability to persevere, to be in tough moments. Um, I'm not certain that they simulate some of the things that can happen in life. Uh, but certainly they can get close to it. And I think when our guys leave our football program, um, they're going to be ready. And, and, and that's, uh, I think we'll be proud of that, but uh, football has been my life, man. I I hear that it's got to be a life to, to be in the position you're, you're in and coach you're went away up uh, again. Thank you so much for coming on. Hope y'all have a great week of practice and uh, yeah. Plan on seeing you up in North Carolina battling Northwestern. Best of luck coach. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Yes, sir.